He is such a character. But we love him. We love him. Um, someone left or lost the earpiece that was found in the cafe. It's up here. If Victor, is it yours? No? Okay. An earpiece, a phone earpiece? Okay. It's up here um, for someone to claim if you need it. Um, wanted to get some things out of the way before we get into our message. <clears throat> I know some of you have been asking what happened uh, last month was Pastor Appreciation Month, and, and it seems like it went over our heads, but it didn't. I don't know if for all that have been here from start to finish or start to now, we have been busy. You know, we have had all kinds of outreach programs and programs here and grand openings and things of that nature. We have been real busy, but we do appreciate our pastor. And <clears throat> because he's not here, I can say this. Uh, next Sunday, we're going to honor him after service. This is a surprise. Everybody say, this is a surprise. So don't let it leak out. We're going to do something. We're going to sneak food in, and he doesn't need to know what it's for or anything. Uh, and we're going to just bless the man of God uh, with uh, some finger foods and, and love on him a little bit. And if you have cards or anything that you would want to uh, bless him with, um, do it at that time. But we, I just want to let you know we hadn't forgotten about him. And just if you didn't know what to get... He loves Tic Tacs. I'm looking for the biggest container of Tic Tacs to give him. If anybody find it, let me know. He loves Tic Tacs, so that's uh, just a freebie. Um, also, at this time, I want to thank all the volunteers. I, I don't think people realize it doesn't. It takes more than one to operate this facility, and sometimes behind the sceners don't get um, recognition as much as they should. And so at this time I want to thank the nursery workers and the people that desire to work in the nursery or the children's church. See myself, see Bonnie, or see uh, Francis Ann. None of them are in the service right now. But if you desire to help out, it would be a volunteer one Sunday uh, basis. Um, but I want to thank all the people that make it happen. I want to thank all the greeters, all the ushers, the people in the parking lot. The cafe is open. Um, the sound people, what would we do without you? And I know Gary. And our praise team, that is just so awesome. And then I thank God for you who have come out Sunday after Sunday seeking, you know, earnestly seeking. Okay, so I just want to get that out the way. Um, if there are any newcomers, amen, amen. Any newcomers, any visitors, um, you should have been given a card. And if you fill out that card to um, want to become connected or want to hear more about us, you put it in that basket back there to get to the pastor. And it's about three, four, maybe five of us that will contact you one way or another through email, through phone call, through the mail, through just coming here having a conversation. On Wednesday night, we have our uh, Bible study prayer gathering and 
and it's just been awesome. It has been awesome. It has been awesome. And, um, you know, invite you to come to that um, this week. Um, Sign-ups in the back for our prayer counseling. If you are interested in joining the prayer counseling team, there's sign-up in the back for you, and I will let you know um, to be announced. Miss Bonnie, I need you to sit right here, please. Thank you. Um, she thinks she's in trouble, but she's not. <laughs> uh, also, as a sign-up in the back, the men... The men think there's something, you know, some days, and they are, but they got the men's ministry going and, you know, got programs coming up and everything. What are the women doing? Hello. Okay, it's a sign up. We got to get it going. I'm looking for volunteers uh, for the women's ministry to get it going to uh, establish some um, dates and times and events, and it doesn't always have to be in the house, Okay. We have to take this outside of the house, okay? It can't, you know, no longer inside the four walls. We have to invite other women. We have to visit other women. We have to do other things. I'm looking forward to, in the future, even uh, uh, plays. Uh, you know, I know God has some playwriters in this congregation that we can perform and invite people in. So we have to get the word out. So I'm looking for... Sign-ups. Miss, Miss um, uh, Madeline has put uh, sign-ups on a pink form back there for the ladies and uh, yellow for the prayer and I don't know what else is back there, but visit that table before you leave. Amen? Okay, are you still with me? Amen, amen. Uh, it's such a, a, a pleasure to be before you. Um, God has given me a word for you. And um, there's only one person in here that know it's been confirmed because they confirmed it. And I thank you even before we get started. I thank you for the people that God touched their heart to come and have prayer with me because it touches me as well. Um, I hide behind this so that you hear what God wants you to hear. Not, It's not me. It's not me. Um, so with that in mind, open up your Bibles to um, John chapter 5. John chapter 5. And... <clears throat> going to I need much much room much okay mucho gracias yeah mm -mm, leave it up right there mm -hmm. I don't look tall but I am tall you want to no that I want that to stay there thank you no just yeah I need, I need both of you. <laughs> I need all this. Okay, John uh, chapter 5. I'm reading out of the <clears throat> Amplified. Later on, <clears throat> excuse me, there was a Jewish festival. Somebody say feast. feast. 
for which Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there in Jerusalem, a pool near the Sheep Gate, this pool in Hebrew is called Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great number of sick folks, some blind, some crippled, some paralyzed, shrivel up, waiting for the bubbling up of the water. For an angel of the Lord went down at an appointed season into the pool and moved and stirred up the water. Whoever then first, after the stirring of the water, stepped in, was cured, whatever disease, with which in his body he was afflicted. There was a certain man there who had suffered with a deep-seated and lingering disorder for 38 years. When Jesus noticed him lying there, helpless, knowing that he had already been a long time in this condition, he said to him, Do you want to become well? Are you really in earnest about getting well? The invalid answered, Sir, I have nobody when the water is moving to put me in the pool. But while I am trying to come into myself, somebody else steps ahead of me. How many times in life have somebody stepped in front of you? Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your bed, your sleeping pad, and walk. And instantly, the man became well and recovered his strength and picked up his bed and walked. Father, we just ask you to illuminate this word in our hearts and in our mind, God. We, we thank you for your word, God. We thank you for the people here that are hearing this. This is a word for this time in this season. God is going to instruct us and teach us about his healing on today. I ask you to bless each and every voice, every, every child, every man, every person here. In every condition, whatever it might be, let them pick up their bed today and walk in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. amen. What are you desperate for? What are you desperate for? You know, do you know that there is help for you? Some people say or think that they have to live with something all the time. Um, people tend to step in front of people who think they don't deserve a healing, but you deserve a healing. We all deserve a healing. We, we deserve a, a relief from whatever we're going through. And it's, uh, it's up to us to come into it. Um, have you been discouraged in waiting? Have you given up on waiting? Have you, have you got tired of pressing in? Because nothing seems to happen. Uh, this man apparently kept coming for his healing. Some would ask, well, why didn't he push himself in the water? That's what I want to know. 
Why didn't he just wiggle, you know, if you got that far, why didn't you just wiggle your body on down and get into the water? But see, God has his time for everything. Can somebody say his time? It's not ours. It's not about us. It's about what he is doing. How bad do you need a healing? 30-some years. Some of us can't wait two weeks. Hello? Can't wait. As a result of not waiting um, with my injury, I'm out of work. Because it's like, God, wait a minute, this is just, you know. Mm -mm. God, what are you doing? What are you preparing us for? Okay, turn your Bibles to Mark 5. Mark 5. And we're going to start at the 21st verse. Mark 5. And when and they entered into Canarium, somebody pronounce that real quick. Yes, there you go. Um, and immediately on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue and began to teach. Mark five twenty one. That's not what I want. Okay. One second, I had a three-year-old at my house messing with my notes. And I think she thinks she knows best what I need to preach better than me. So she has, she has messed with this. But um, we're, we're going to talk about the woman with the issue. It's in the Gospels. This woman had an issue for 12 years. For 12 years, she had a disorder. She went around, people knew her. She spent all her money. She didn't have any relief, she didn't have any help. And then, Jesus was on his way to Jairus' house to pray for a daughter that he thought to be dead. And this woman, out of desperation, out of desperation, out of desperation, you have to get desperate. You have to get up in God's face and say, if nobody else can do it, you can. Out of desperation, she said, I have faith if I would but touch the hem of his garment. Out of desperation, a miracle happens. Out of desperation, 
you get sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired. When there's nothing else to do and nowhere else to go, you go to Jesus. Amen? Now, as I pondered these two miracles, and, and, and indeed they were miracles, I still can't get over the fact that if you got as close to the pool as you could get to the pool where you saw the water bumbling and you couldn't get in there, okay, well, you knew Jesus was coming on the way. The woman paid money to doctors and she went to the herb stores in Jerusalem or wherever and she bought all kinds of things. Nothing helped her. Imagine this woman. How did she look after 12 years of bleeding? She didn't have any color to her. She didn't have any energy about her. But she had a deep passion inside of her that made her desperate for Jesus. Okay? And, 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 and when we experience disease and illnesses, we come disassociated with people. You know, after you're out, and I experienced this myself, so I know what what the woman is experiencing, anybody else. After you're out of uh, the, the limelight or the, the society, after you're out of church, after you're out of work, after you're away from family for three, four, five weeks, you become lost. You become lost. And you lose control. Suddenly you realize that your body has its own agenda. I can't go on anywhere. I can't go anywhere with my body functioning this way. You can't go anywhere. So you become isolated from people. Then you lose identity. Because people no longer call you Pastor Elise or Sister Elise. That's the woman with the limp. That's the woman who injured her ankle. That's the woman who can't get around too good. And 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 and, and, and all of that, people just, you know, they begin to pull back because they begin to think that people really don't care. The loss of identity. They identify your illness with who you are. That's not the way God wanted though. I am not cancer. I am not a sinus infection. I am not a cold. I'm, I am not a backache. I'm not arthritis. I'm none of those things. Sick people tend to deal with that. And, 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 and just imagine this lady for all these years. You know she couldn't go anywhere because in those days she was unclean. She, was, she couldn't go to the temple to worship. She couldn't go to the market to buy food. Who would, who would, so she was desperate. She was so desperate till, I don't think you get the big picture. She got down on her knees. How else would you touch the hem of his garment if you weren't crawling? She crawled through the crowds and pushed her way through. And she believed in her heart that nothing else would happen in this world and, until she touched him. And when she touched him, she was made whole. See, nothing happens unless God touches you. Amen? Then, the loss of certainty. Mm. This is another one. 
um, illness will keep you away from people and places. You know, you had a vacation plan. Well, I can't go because I got cancer now. You had uh, a, a, a convention to go to. Well, I can't go to that because, you know, um, I'm bleeding. You had a, a holiday coming up. I can't participate in that because I'm sick. And don't nobody understand. I don't want to be around anybody. And I can't be around anybody because now it's all about me. So, so when you're in this state, you don't think about God at all. You think about yourself. You might think, God, why did this happen? But you, it's all about you. you. You haven't come out the box yet. You lose your place in society. Nobody wants to be around you, not even friends, not even uh, uh, enemies. There's like, you know, here she come again, same old story. It's like the person when you ask them, well, how you doing? Oh, I'm barely making it. Well, how you doing? Well, I'm barely making it. Well, how you doing? I'm you still barely making it? Come on. God has changed something. God will change something. So this lady is persistent. This lady is persistent. And at this point, people tend to just leave you alone. The phone calls stop. The visits stop. Even the praying. You know, the praying stop after a while. The biggest loss is resources when you're sick. She spent everything she had. Everything she... And just imagine... In this day and time, when, when you can call on the name of Jesus, I surrender everything to you, God. Nobody can do it but you. It's all right to trust in the doctor, but trust in Dr. Jesus. She spent all her resources, and she came to the conclusion, Jesus has to do it. Is Jesus in your life that way? That, that there's nothing else that will, will, will take care of the situation that he has to. He has to do it. Nobody else can do it. Nobody else wants to do it. Um, you're trapped. There's no cure. There's no money. Nobody wants to be around you. Nobody's talking to you. Family's tired of you. Church don't want to be. Yeah. She was desperate for a miracle. She was desperate. Some of us have to take that desperation for yourselves. What do you need God for? And I'm not talking about material things. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about something so deep that you need God for. You're believing in him. That healing. That healing in your body. That healing in your mind. That healing in your spirit. The healing of forgiveness. Mm, didn't think about that. Doesn't always have to be physical. Yeah, amen. And then, out of everything that you lose, you lose hope. When you tried everything and nothing gets better, it gets worse. But praise God, when you hear about the healer, you have to try him. <laughs> the woman with the issue of blood had tried all and went through all 
losing everything, losing even her dignity. She didn't even care anymore. She didn't care how she looked. You know how some of us won't come out the house? Got to have the face on, got to have the clothes on, got to have the right shoes on. She didn't even care. She said, I am going for my healing. (laughs) I'm going for my healing. Amen. This lady was desperate in the state of mind where she began to, her plan. And she knew he would be in the place that he was, he was at. She just knew it. The other story within this story is about this miracle. And I bet you, I never, I never thought about it until um, God showed it to me. This was, this is a true story. The facts are true. It is history. It's confirmed in the Gospels. But the only miracle recorded that no words were spoken and nobody was touched. Hello. That thing blew me away. God is just that powerful. He just was walking and she came close to him and touched, touched the hem of my skirt. Just touched him and he knew, wait a minute, somebody touched me. And his disciples said, come on Jesus, you in the crowd, how do you know somebody touched you? Somebody touched him because the virtue ran out of him. And instantly she was healed. She was healed. When's the last time mm, that you touched him? That you touched him? Don't think he won't do it for you. If he did it thousands of years ago, he's still doing it today. He wants to heal you. He doesn't want you to walk around with acheness and, and, and illness and heartbroken. No, he wants to heal you. He never spoke a word and he never touched her, but yet and still, she was healed. She did not meet him in a service. She met him on the crowded streets. She did not meet him in his office at the temple. She met him out of desperation and touched him according to her faith. She believed. Today you have to believe. Today you have to believe. With all the things going on in the world today, you got to believe God. you got to believe that he is there and who he is. A touch of a woman who caught Jesus' attention to make him aware of a serious problem. People are hurting today. And this is for prayer counselors. People are hurting today. You have to intensely intercede. You have to intercede for people that can't pray for themselves. People are hurting. They're crying out. They might not say it in their voice. They might not say it in their walk, but watch people. Learn to read body language. That woman needs prayer. That man needs encouragement. People are hurt. We represent Jesus. We're here until he comes back. We're not here in place of him, but we're here to do his will and to do his work. People need you. Can you imagine after 12 years, it finally came to her. If I would just touch, 
I hear the healer is coming through here on his way to Jairus' house. If I would just touch the hem of his garment. There is no condition too hard for God. But you know, the thing of it is, the devil wants you to keep it to yourself. Don't tell nobody else. Keep it to my four no more. This is when God doesn't work. Confess that to him. God, I need a healing in my body. I won't let you go until you bless me. (laughs) I won't let you go until you bless me. A great many people outside the church are seeking Jesus, but not trusting him. Amen? Yeah. They're looking for something. But they don't trust him. You know, the, 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 I, I used to say SMO is like a HMO, SMO Sunday morning only. That's all you're looking for. Something that'll fix you up during the week and then until the next Sunday comes. But people are seeking Jesus. And it's up to us to teach them how to trust him. Seeking but not finding him. Coming close to him but never actually touching him. It's in his touch. And how can we touch him today? Well, I'm glad you asked because you want to know where this is going. It is so many things that are happening today, just like with the several losses. And there's probably more losses than I even came up with. Um, You have to be able to trust people, okay? Number one, you have to give God a chance. This lady had tried everything she knew to try. I tell people, out of my silliness, did you try Jesus yet? And they look at me like I'm stupid. Okay. You tried everything that your money could buy. Now you don't have any money. You tried everything with your friends. Now your friends are tired of you. Your family's tired of you. Trust and try Jesus. See what happens. When you've done all that you know that you could do on your own strength... You have to grasp for something else. Try God. Take your problems to him in prayer. Yes, he knows about it, but he wants to hear it from you. This is called a connection. He wants a personal relationship to you. He wants you to pray with him. He wants you to talk with him. Just like you talk with your people. Just like you talk with your family. Talk with God about it. Take it to him. He needs to hear you. Number two. Believe that God will hear you. As a matter of fact, he wants to hear you. He heard the poor woman that day crawling on the dirt, in the dirt, around many feet, around horse and camel feces. She didn't even care. She was gone for broke. I got to touch him so that he can release something in me. Be willing to wait patiently for the Lord. Twelve years is a long time. Remain optimistic. Sometimes you have to to minister to yourself. Lay hands on yourself. You know? You have to encourage yourself. Because, see, people get tired of you. I know. People get tired of you. After after the first few days of any kind of illness, they're tired. I'm not going back over there. Prayed for her yesterday. Learn how to put hands on your own self. Encourage your own self and speak it. God, I thank you for that healing. God, I thank you that I'm walking straight. God, I thank you I'm going to dance after a while. God, I thank you I'm going to run after a while. Speak what you know is going to happen in the future. 
Don't speak negative to you. When people say, oh, you poor thing, no, I'm not poor. Uh-uh. There's nothing poor about me. Nothing poor about me. Broke? No. Mm-mm. Father has everything that I need, and, and, he, and he lets it get, get to me. And God just works that way. He works that same way with healing. The same way. You can't cry any more than I can cry. <laughs> I cried so much one time that I think God told me to shut up. Shut up all that crying. Stop that pacing the floor. Stand somewhere firm and say, God, if you don't do it, then it won't get done. And I'm fine with that. Amen? Yeah, you have to do that. You have to do that. Stop that crying. The devil rejoices in your despair. While you crying and worrying, he said, I got her. <laughs> I got him. Stop that crying. Wait on God. Be patient about it. Encourage yourself. Be willing to wait patiently. And no, it may not come Sunday afternoon. It might not come Friday. It might come 12 years from now or it might come a minute from now. But healing will come. It will come. God said he would withhold nothing good. Yes, he wants to bless you. He wants you healed. He wants you whole. He doesn't want you having a pity party. Hello? Don't want you having a pity party. Woe is me, poor is me. Mm -mm. My pastor called me the other day. He said, uh, we have this relationship. He said, what you doing? I said, playing praise and worship and, and moving my living room around. He said, what? The ankle is injured. The arms work fine. The hips work fine. Whatever you got to do to keep on going, you keep on going. Don't lay down with your sickness. Don't lay down with your illness. It's not going to help you. It's not going to help you. Somebody need to hear this. The other thing, reach out and touch him in faith. Mm. You got to believe that you 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 got to believe it. You got to believe it. You gotta believe it. Get with somebody that you know can help you pray. Get with somebody that can give you healing scriptures. And you know, for a long time, I had posting notes on the refrigerator, on the mirror, on my desk, on the computer. I'm standing on his word. Don't have to have a whole lot of word to stand on. You can stand on one verse, but stand on it and confess that thing every day. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in my You see, you have to know that. Everything, you have to bless them. God, I thank you. Healing is on its way to my house. Healing is on its way to that hospital. Healing is on its way to that nursing home. Healing is on its way. You have to grasp, just grab hold of it. Mm. And lastly, when he speaks, Daisy, you can come on up. When he speaks to you, do what he tells you. And see, I've, I, I, can, I can hold my hand up. 
I can confess to that because I always thought, well, I heard him say something, but I'm going to do, do this. Stop thinking you know more than God. Stop thinking that way. I, I used to do it. He told me to go left. Well, I'm going to go right and then go left. No, go do exactly what he says to do and do it how he says to do it. He has never turned anybody wrong, never stirred you wrong at all. He may not tell you audibly, nor will he write it in the sky all the time. But through your own conscience or through trusted counsel of friends, he will indicate a course of action. Whether you go to the pool of Bethesda and kneel down on your mat watching the water ripple and everybody jump ahead of you and you're still there, or whether you take the route of the woman with the issue, would not stop. She just desperately needed to touch him. She didn't care how she looked. She didn't care who saw her. She didn't care what she wore. I imagine her crawling. I imagine her clothes were torn, but she still kept on crawling. And it wasn't anybody's him. She wasn't even confused about whose him am I going to touch. She knew where that touch was going to be. And she touched. And she believed. And she was healed. Jesus is here to heal you. Physically. Mentally. Emotionally, socially, financially, and spiritually. He's here to heal relationships. If you haven't talked to a, a sister or mother, aunt or uncle, or children, let God touch that relationship for you. He's here to heal marriages. He's here to heal children, addictions, attitudes. Yeah, he can heal attitudes. Sometimes we come to church with the wrong attitude. I don't see the pastor here, so I'm not going to be enjoying myself today. Wrong attitude. But Jesus is here. We don't worry about the man. We worry about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The Lord of hosts is here. He's here. Your imperfections, your inhibitions, He's here to heal the lost. Amen. So, I thank God that He is my healer. Amen. I thank God that he is your healer. Amen. And I thank God that he's still in the healing business. Amen. If everyone would bow their head.